BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and 15 gigs of data and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash jesse and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good-looking young lady. She's serving me a drink. Hey, what would you like? I Usually my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show.
This is The Jesse Kelly Show. You know, one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in my life is how other professional basketball players he played with talk about Michael Jordan. You don't have to be a basketball fan or a Jordan fan. And believe me, I don't watch the NBA anymore. I'm not watching that crap. We'll get to that later on today. I'm done, done, done supporting people who hate me. Not going to watch a single game. But you are old enough, undoubtedly, to know who Michael Jordan is. Most say the greatest basketball player of all time. And what I find so impressive is other players from other sports wore Michael Jordan's gear. And other NBA players were scared to death of him. Really good ones. Scared of him on the basketball court. That amazes me. I'll never forget, I watched that uh, great documentary they did. I think ESPN did it, shockingly. It's called The Last Dance. It's about Michael Jordan's bulls and whatnot. And they did a little side story about Jordan on the Dream Team. The Dream Team, remember, was... The greatest players in the NBA, many of the greatest of all time, we decided we weren't ever going to lose the Olympics again. Let's go ahead and send our really good basketball players over there. And it was all of them. Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Charles Barkley, Patrick, they they were all there. And there was a practice where somebody started talking trash to Michael Jordan when they were scrimmaging. I think it was Magic Johnson was talking trash. To, to Michael Jordan. And Jordan goes ape and slaughters everybody. Just, just of his team wins, he scores like the next 12 points, something like that, just dominates everybody. And Magic was talking after the fact about how everybody just realized, oh, we can't make this guy mad. And you could tell he was like, whoa. It's one thing to be admired. It's one thing for people to to think you're good. For the average Joe to think you're good. It's another thing entirely for the people who do what you do really, really well. And they think you're a god. I find Alexander the Great, Alexander the Great to be... So incredibly interesting, mainly for that reason. He had all the people who came after him admire him. And I mean, some of the greatest generals, leaders of all time. Men you could make an argument are greater generals than him. Huge egomaniacs who will undoubtedly tell you they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And when they're asked, they're like, oh, oh, Alexander's the best. Hannibal Barca, 
Do you know how much I love Hannibal? Second Punic War Hannibal, guy who was in Italy beating the crap out of, out of Rome when Rome was really strong. Dude was a total stud. Gets himself in a conversation later on in his life when his prime years are past. And he's asked by Scipio, a general who ended up beating him, Scipio Africanus. He and Scipio are having a conversation. I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that room. They're having a conversation, and Scipio asks him, who were the greatest generals of all time? You could easily make an argument that Hannibal is the greatest general of all, of all time. You could. With what he did, with what he had, with who he beat, it's just amazing what he did. And Hannibal considered himself to be incredible. It's not as if he's some meek and mild, humble man. Well, I'm just, you know, just, just a guy. Hannibal says to Scipio without hesitation, oh, Alexander. Caesar Augustus goes to visit Egypt where Alexander was buried. Insists on going to see Alexander's tomb when asked if he wants to go see the other pharaohs and royals who'd been buried there, he said, I came here to see a king, not a bunch of corpses. That's awesome. How? Why? What was it? Well, Alexander's one of those rare times in human history that he's essentially a human science experiment. What I mean by that is if you were if you were building a robot and you had the ability to build a robot and make it do whatever you wanted to do, that's what it's like with Alexander. If you had to build a general, a leader of men, smart, brave, all these things, you would do exactly what Alexander did. You would have him go through what Alexander went through. You would give him that father. You would give him that mother. And this is the story behind that. First of all, let's talk about Greece. Pre-Alexander Greece. Right before Alexander Greece. We talk about ancient Greece a lot because they're so influential in the history of the world and so influential in Western society. And you know that what are the, what are the two city-states you know? Of course, everybody. Athens and Sparta. You know them. Shoot, I've talked about both of them plenty of times. You know them. And we just consider that Greece, but understand what city-states were. They were very much their own countries. We call it Greece... And they considered themselves all Greek. They did not consider themselves the same. They did not consider themselves friends for the most part. They considered themselves superior to the others. Calling all of ancient Greece just Greece would be like calling all the European nations just Europe. Oh, it's one country. No, no, there's individual nations inside of it. That's what it was like. And they often, often fought each other. And of course, the two big ones, the guiding lights, Athens and Sparta, were at each other's throats often. 
Alexander the Great was not from Sparta. He was not from Athens. He was from a place in the far northern end of Greece called Macedonia, or Macedonia, depending on where you went to college, Chris. And you should know Macedonia was not considered some kind of first-rate power on the level of Athens and Sparta for most of Greece's history. They were the rural hicks. They were considered to be extremely unsophisticated, definitely by Athens standards. Athens, remember, those people considered themselves enlightened and philosophers, and this is democracy in these things. Athens and Sparta get themselves in just a little bit of a tussle. That little tussle was called the Peloponnesian War, and I was really exaggerating when I said little tussle. It was a massive war that took forever between Sparta and Sparta's people and Athens and Athens' people. And, well... They really should have been paying more attention to the North. Your home title is probably the biggest financial exposure you have. And what I mean by that is... I mean, how big of a deal is it if somebody steals your wallet? It's a pain, right? Maybe they run up a few hundred bucks on your credit cards, steal the 50 you got in there, call it a day. Your home title is a bit bigger of a deal. And your home title exists online now. It is digital. These cyber thieves are out there prowling the internet as we speak. As you sit here hearing my voice, they're looking for your home title. They're looking for mine. If they find it, they're going to jack it. They're going to forge your signature on it, take a loan out against it, and you have to pay that loan back. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address. See if you're already a victim. While you're there, sign up. Use the code JESSE. Get 30 free days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. Athens and Sparta should have been paying attention to Macedonia because they had a young man up there by the name of Philip II, and this dude wasn't playing games. This dude was a violent, highly intelligent individual, and he decided he was going to take all the things Athens and Sparta were doing, you know, the phalanx. In case you don't, let's let's talk about that briefly. A phalanx was this. The movie 300, how they were fighting? That's a phalanx. The phalanx was Greeks. Rome used this too, but Rome changed it and advanced it quite a bit. But the Greeks would stand shoulder to shoulder, hold their shields up with spears, six-foot spears sticking out the end of it. 
Now, it had some humongous disadvantages. It was not very mobile. It was not very fast. It was extremely vulnerable from the sides and from behind. It also wasn't very good on ground that wasn't level. As you can imagine, it's hard to stay side by side. It's just hard to keep the formation. So I realize those are a lot of disadvantages to list off. However, the advantages are this. Virtually impregnable from the front and deadly. How in the world do you get through it from the front? If I even get by your spears without taking one in the face, I'm just going to slam against your shields. And you have a helmet on behind it. How am I supposed to get through that? And that's how the Greeks fought. They fought in a phalanx formation. Well, Philip... He looks at the phalanx and he has an idea. One of the simplest ideas I've ever heard in my entire life when I tell you how he changed and advanced past all the rest of the Greeks, you're going to laugh. I certainly did. Because you want to know, right? I mean, how? Okay, he's a good general. That's fine. How does he get to a point where he can just beat the crap out of all the rest of Greece? He made his spears longer. I'm not making that up. That's all he did. (laughs) That's all he did. How does this not occur to anybody else? I'm really curious. No one else looked at the spear and thought, man... What if we made it longer? And when I say longer, I mean longer. 12-foot, 15-foot spears. And you don't exactly have to be a wartime genius to figure out if I can stab them six feet before they're able to stab me, that's quite an advantage. And it was. And... By the time Athens and Sparta were done beating each other up, they were both whittled down to the nubs. Philip was on the rise, took his Macedonian army, and essentially conquered Greece. Conquered it. By this point, as he's conquering Greece, he has a son. A teenage son who leads his armies. A general in his armies as a teenager. When your dad is Philip II, you learn how to be a general. And he also had some tutoring on the side. Do you know who Alexander the Great's private personal tutor was? Aristotle. On my life, I'm not making that up. Aristotle tutored Alexander the Great. Personally, just one-on-one. And Alexander the Great's mother was an interesting woman. Her name was Olympias. I would love to have met Olympias. She quite possibly evil. Definitely hard on Alexander but very protective of Alexander and protective of the fact that Alexander was the heir to Philip's throne. Now, Olympias 
was by all accounts an extremely strong, strong-willed woman. Tough to get a handle on. She was a follower of the ancient god Dionysus. And I'm not going to go into the details of that because it's a family show. But just understand there was a bit of bit of free love going on if you were a follower of Dionysus. I don't know whether that intrigued Philip. Because, again, he was a king who was making, making the rounds himself. I don't know whether it angered Philip. I don't know whether the fact that her, her strong-willedness, that's definitely not a word, but I just used it anyway. I don't know whether that angered him. But at some point in time, Philip decides to divorce Olympias. Well, that's a big, big deal if you're Olympias. You've raised this boy with Philip to be the heir to the Macedonian throne, which at this point would make him one of the most powerful people on earth. You want him to have that throne. Not only does Philip divorce you, he essentially runs you and Alexander out of town for a time. You're concerned about your position. Philip, Philip finds himself a new young lady he would like to wed. Philip has this wedding. I guess by now, Olympias and Alexander were welcome back, but Philip gets nice and drunk at the wedding. And then somebody, we'll never know who, for some reason, walks up to Philip and slips a knife in between his ribs. Assassinates him at the wedding festival. And then the assassins... The assassin is not apprehended. The assassin is killed almost immediately. Just a heads up, that's not something that's done. You always capture the assassin, and the bodyguards would have known to capture the assassin because you want to find out why he did it. Who's he working for? This one, however, didn't make it out alive, and we will never, ever know. Oops! Philip's dead. Oh, what's that? He died before he was able to make another son with the new bride? Oh, well, guess Alexander's going to take over. And, just so you know, Alexander takes over and promptly has every other potential heir, even though nobody had a claim like he did, promptly has all of them killed. Alexander gets a historical bad rap for that. And I'm certainly not praising him for coming into office and murdering anybody who could challenge him for the throne. I'm not saying that's a good thing. Obviously, I would recommend you never murder anybody. I certainly don't want to. However, it was what they did back then. That was as common as breathing. When the king took over Throughout history, when a man takes power, especially in these monarchies, he likes to make dang sure there's not another potential heir plotting behind his back to slip a knife into his ribs. Well, Alexander really, really made sure. Now, Alexander has been brought up by a general, by a mother who was hard on him, If I remember correctly, Alexander thought he was, uh, uh, you know, he descended from Hercules. 
they put these kind of thoughts, his mother put these kind of thoughts in his head. You are invincible. You are like a god. You are the It was really over the top. Again, don't raise your kids that way. But remember what I said. He's like a human science experiment. If you want to raise someone who's going to conquer the world, this is how you would raise them. And Alexander got busy. I need my earbuds to be comfortable. You know how often I use earbuds. It's all the time. It is all the time. When I'm not speaking to you on the air or on TV, I have earbuds in my ears listening to audio, various bits of audio information, music, listen to a lot of music, listen to a lot of podcasts, but my earbuds have to be comfortable or they're going to hurt My ears are going to be shot by the end of the week, by the end of the day. I could say a lot of things, a lot of great things about my Raycon E25 earbuds. They sound incredible. They pair Bluetooth. Could not be any easier pairing the things. The bass sounds good, the voices, but the best thing I can say about these things, they're comfortable. I can wear them all day. Go to buyraycon.com slash jesse. That's buyraycon.com slash jesse. That gets you 15% off your earbuds. Alexander the Great takes over... The greatest army, well, as we're about to find out in the world, and let's pay homage to Philip II. Alexander the Great gets a whole lot of credit, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm not saying he doesn't. That's a double negative, isn't it, Chris? I don't think you're supposed to say that. Are you supposed to say that? Everyone knows what I mean. Here's the question, though. Everyone knows I went to community college. I'm uneducated. All right. So I understand that may not be proper English. But if everybody understands what I'm saying, why does it matter? That's exactly my point. Language is just a way I'm trying to communicate something. The audience has learned by this point in time, Chris, you're going to have to walk with me through things. Believe me when I tell you, I'm not going to use bigger words than you understand. Why? Because I don't know them. We're not going to use superlatives. What are superlatives? I'm not even kidding. What's a superlative? Never mind. Just if you could print off the definition of superlative, please, so we know it for tomorrow, because then I'm going to use the word superlative tomorrow. Mark my words. I'm going to use it on the show, and I'm going to act like I totally know what it was, and I've known forever. It's going to be hilarious, and only the faithful will pick up on it. It's going to be awesome. Print me the definition, Chris. Anyway, I'm not saying Alexander doesn't deserve the credit for the things he did, but let's understand this. He took over a bunch of studs. He took over something that wasn't that common back in this time. He took over a professional army. Now, the Spartans obviously had a professional army. That's all they did. 
But most of the ancient world didn't have professional armies. It's part of what set the Assyrians apart who came before this. Remember when we talked about the Assyrians? I think it was last week or week before. They had a professional army. These Macedonians were professionals. They had the same equipment. They had training, lots of it, and heavily experienced. They had just spent all their time doing what? Conquering Greece. And the Greeks could fight, man. The Greeks could really fight. As Xerxes found out when he invaded Greece about 100 years before this. Remember the movie 300 again? I hate to keep going back to that, but that took place about a year, uh, 100 years before this. Xerxes shows up with this huge army. He figures out these Greeks are a bit more than he can handle. For whatever reason, Greeks could fight. Whether it was a mentality thing, there's the phalanx, the spirit, whatever it is, the people could fight. Alexander takes over, and this is a man who very much feels like he has a destiny. That's such an overused, cheesy word, but there is no more appropriate way to describe it. It's in all the writings. Alexander, he takes off to go fight Persia. The Achaemenid Persian Empire at this time is the biggest, most powerful empire on earth. We think about them now as the one Alexander slapped around, but they are the most powerful empire on earth. And Alexander, without hesitation, without hesitation, Gets his army and says, oh, we're going after Persia. He feels like he has a destiny to take over the world. It ends up getting him in some trouble with his people. We'll get to that in a minute. That's what he feels like. He takes off. If you're looking at a map, he takes off towards Turkey. It was not Turkey at the time, but I like to simplify things. Takes off towards Turkey. Fights a cool little battle called Granicus, and he fights the Persians really in the first major battle at Granicus. And he figures out really quickly, these Persians are soft. And it wasn't just that they were soft. That's what he thought. They were amateurs. Persia had this gigantic, powerful empire, and they could pull men from everywhere, you know, like, like, like the Brits did. We're going to get some of our guys from India, and we'll get some of our guys from Sudan, and we'll get some of our guys from here and some of our guys from there. That's what Persia did because they had people everywhere. But they were all amateurs. And the truth is, you and I have talked about this several times before, it's all about your training and your level of technology. I don't care how many guys you have. If they don't know what they're doing, and I have some hyper-disciplined Greek phalanx locking shields, moving together, protecting each other, you can't do anything about it, and Alexander mops them up. He eventually makes his way down to Egypt, And this is, in my opinion, where Alexander started to mentally kind of go off the rails a little bit. Keep in mind, he's 22 years old when he's leading this army of 50,000 Greeks, tearing through the Persian Empire like a hot knife through butter. Gets down to Egypt. 
and he becomes obsessed with the Egyptians. He is not the first. He's not the last. There's something about Egypt I've never been. I'm not sure if I'll ever go, although I'd love to go see all the history there because there's just absurdly cool history in Egypt. He's not the first. He's not the last. This happened to Romans, too. It happened to Mark Antony. It happened to Julius Caesar. There's something about that place that's magical. I don't know what it is. He gets to Egypt and becomes obsessed with the pharaohs and the pyramids. He gets obsessed with oracles there. He loves people who, I mean, essentially palm readers. And he loves going to these people and they all tell him, you're going to see the world. You're going to conquer the world. You're going to conquer the world. One of them, while he's there, tells him he's going to conquer the world, but never return home again. To which Alexander was like, oh, that's fine. Alexander decides to found the capital of his new budding empire. And Alexander totally respect this move, calls it Alexandria. (laughs) That's so great. What would be the capital name, Chris, of my capital? It, it couldn't be Jessia. That sounds terrible. That sounds like a chick capital. Um, yes, I have a middle name, Chris. I'm not some psycho. And no, I'm not going to tell you what it is. And I'm dang sure not going to tell the million people listening right now on the radio because it's embarrassing. All right? I don't like it. It's not going to be. Don't look it up right now. That's so disrespectful. Don't look it up right now. It's definitely not going to be the middle name. Maybe it would be Kellyopolis. That doesn't sound right. It is embarrassing, Chris. It is embarrassing. That's actually who I'm named after. That's the middle name. That's who it's after, too. Stop looking up stuff I don't want you to look up. It's embarrassing. It's disrespectful. Quit, quit getting me sidetracked. All right? Whatever. He founds Alexandria. (laughs) He names himself Pharaoh. Now, this is where there starts to be a wedge driven between him and his other generals. Remember, he is 22 years old. He is leading an army with generals much, much, much older than him. And remember, these generals are not people who are just, you know, they're in the rear generals stapling papers. These are accomplished Battlefield generals, proud to be Macedonian. This young buck, proven himself to be pretty capable thus far, definitely brave, seems to have his stuff together. We'll stick with him. Naming himself Pharaoh, ah, it's getting getting uncomfortable now. Now it's getting uncomfortable. He marches on. By now, the Persians... They're a little bit intimidated. Hang on. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly Show. You need a good night's sleep. And let me tell you something. You're probably making a mistake, the same mistake I made, so believe me, I'm not judging you. You need a good night's sleep every single night. 
We make this mistake all the time when we're not sleeping of, ah, oh, I finally got one. It's the first one in, in three or four nights. Woo, glad I'm all caught up. Feel better today. That's not how the body and the mind work. You need one every single night, and you can have one every night without sleeping pills, without some stupid mouthpiece. You can have one if you go get an ebb sleep. Ebb sleep works. It targets those racing thoughts going through your head, and it's a wearable device, a drug-free solution. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Use the code jesse at checkout. Get yourself 25 bucks off. By now, the king of Persia, Darius, is very, very, very concerned. Why? Because Alexander has already taken over the entire western portion of his empire. And this is where he screws up big time, people say, and I actually disagree. What he does is this. He sends Alexander an offer. And the offer, the initial offer, is very insulting. Very looking down his nose at Alexander as if he's just some idiot who happened to stumble in and get a couple lucky wins. Alexander laughs it off. The king then sends a second offer, much nicer this time, but still not that nice. Alexander says, nah. We're going to war. Then he sends a third offer, and this one is a real, real sweet pie. It's everything you'd ever want. And one of my favorite little history stories, one of Alexander's generals was named Parmenian. And Parmenian, Alexander discusses all this stuff. He's very close with his generals. He discusses, he's discussing the offer. And Parmenian says about the third offer, the nice one, he says, if I were Alexander, I should accept what was offered and make a treaty. And Alexander says back to him, so should I, if I were Parmenian. Mm, That is salty. But it does, again, it gives you a window into the man. The reason I don't blame Darius for blowing this whole thing with an insulting first offer is Doesn't that quote tell you all you need to know? Alexander feels like it's his destiny to rule the entire world. Destiny. Destiny does not stop for a good sounding treaty. So Alexander sends him a message back that essentially says, yeah, I'll be seeing you on the field of battle. And Darius knows he essentially has one shot left at this or he's going to officially lose the greatest empire in the world, the Persian Empire. And he gathers all the troops on hand. The battle is called the Battle of Galgamela. And we're getting into the fuzzy numbers phase. You know how much it drives me nuts, but it is what it is. We know Alexander, at least we think he had around 47,000 troops at this point in time. Mostly infantry. He had some outstanding cavalry, which that's what he was part of. 
But about like 7,000 cavalry, the rest mostly infantry. Darius has 250,000 troops against Alexander's 47,000. And there are estimates out there that Darius had up to a million. We have no idea. And then there are estimates out there that say Darius had 100,000. How in the world can you be off by 900,000? I get that they're ancient sources. Nobody could give you a rough guesstimate better than that. It's unbelievable. But they line up across the field from each other. Obviously, Alexander, as we've talked about, has the professional superior force as far as fighting goes. However, that old Napoleon line proves true. Often, that Napoleon line of quantity has a quality all its own. I don't care how superior they are. When you're outnumbered five to one, at least it gets difficult. And there are, there are plenty of stories out there that Alexander almost loses this battle. Through no fault of his own, there's just too many. Darius brings out these Sith chariots, chariots with like something out of the movies, chariots with essentially big blades on the wheels so they can ride through and cut down your guys. That What an ugly way to go. Alexander, of course, is brilliant beyond belief. He has his infantry spread way out in an open formation instead of saying bunched up so the chariots can't really get to them. He has his men spread out. They throw javelins at the chariots on the way by. Alexander, as he often did, this is why he's practically worshipped, throws himself into the maw. The teeth of the battle every time he was suicidally brave. I cannot believe he actually lived through all this stuff. Almost died several times. In fact, he's actually he actually has his life saved. I think his name was Cletus. <laughs> That's his really name, Chris. I don't know. That's a funny name. Whatever. Uh, he has his life saved by one of his good friends, Cletus, at this battle. Alexander almost died. And then, of course, Alexander killed Cletus later on at a banquet over a drunken argument, shoved a spear through his heart. Alexander was a bit bit of a violent person. They beat Darius. They defeat the Persians. They do some mop-up work after this, and now Alexander is king of the Persian Empire as well and really takes to it. Again, takes to it a little bit too much. This is part of the rumor mill where people say Alexander was poisoned. Alexander divorces and marries a Persian bride and forces his generals to divorce their Greek wives and marry Persian women. Persian women are kind of hot. Don't get me distracted. All right, hang on. I love how easy it is to work with Simply Safe. And this is what I mean. I wanted a home security system. I did not want to have to wait on hold. I did not want to have to set aside a four to eight hour window for the technician to show up one day. I didn't want to sign a contract. I just wanted home security. But I needed it to be good, right? I needed it to be professionally monitored. I need police. I need fire. I need medical. I need emergency dispatch services like that. I need it to be monitored 
I get that with Simply Safe, and all I had to do was go online. SimplySafe.com/slash Jesse. Just go online. Pick out what you want. They mail it to you. You open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and that's all. You're set. SimplySafe.com slash Jesse. SimplySafe.com slash Jesse. Alexander's people are starting to take an issue with him not really wanting to be a Greek anymore. Nevertheless, he's done, right? He's the king of Macedonia. He just conquered the greatest empire in the world. Time to put your feet up and chill. Well, no. That's what you would do. That's what I would do. I probably would have chilled after the first peace offer offer from the king. Alexander keeps looking east and thinking, well, there are still lands to conquer. Alexander starts storming through Afghanistan. Alexander storms into India, jungle fighting. And finally, Alexander manages to run into something, something he can't conquer. Hang on one second. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Alexander gets over to India. Gets to the Himalayan mountains. And finally his generals say, enough. This has to stop. Enough. We miss home. Let's go back home. No more. Alexander reluctantly agrees. At the age of 33, finds himself in Babylon where he gets extremely sick, takes a matter of days, horrible fever, he's in agony, and dies. Nobody knows to this day how Alexander died. Nobody does. Obviously, a bunch of people think he was poisoned. I personally think he was poisoned, but that doesn't mean I'm right. It's just, when you look at how he rose to power, when you look at what happened 
after he died, when all these generals immediately divided up the kingdom and started fighting each other and backstabbing and assassinations and traitors and switching sides. It's just such a treacherous group of human beings. And they were unhappy. I think Alexander was killed. But be that as it may, how cool is the legacy of Alexander the Great? Died at 33 years old. If I died at 33 years old, I mean, my legacy would be almost as good as that. What, Chris? It'd be right up there. Talk, they're going to talk about me for generations, Chris. Generations. But they fall. The mighty rise and the mighty fall. But leaving behind a legacy like that is really, really cool, in my opinion. By the way, I should note, Chris printed off the information on superlative. I still have no idea what this means. Uh, adjective As an adjective, it says. I'm just reading this. Don't yell. 877-377-4373. 8773774373 adjective it says of the highest kind quality or order surpassing all else or others supreme extreme like superlative wisdom oh so it's just like a lot of something like i would be superlative awesome is that does that work chris is that not how that, i don't know how to use the word I still don't understand what any of this means. To the utmost degree. And then it's semicolon, acme. These these definitions don't clarify anything. Michigan governor. We're actually going to get to quite a bit of news today because I feel like I've been abandoning the headlines quite a bit. And I go off on these weird tangents and tell these stupid stories. And I forget about actual news and analysis. So let's dig into some of this now. I'm just going to churn through a bunch of these headlines. Michigan's governor was caught on a hot mic saying, it's Shark Week, mother effer. She obviously spelled out the word effer in a way that we will not do here on this family show. Okay, one, this is not some controversy. Almost all these politicians cuss like sailors behind the scenes, all of them. Got to be careful with the hot mic, boys and girls, at all times. Be careful. Not a big deal. But we do need to talk about Shark Week for just a moment. One, as you know, I've said it before. I will say it again. I can't stand these people who come on after a shark attack when someone was bitten in half and say things like, it was probably just a case of mistaken identity. As if that's supposed to be some comfort to the person who's missing their legs. Or some comfort at the time when you're being eaten. Oh, it's no big deal. He probably just thinks I'm a seal. Why do his intentions matter to me at all? If the eating machine is so stupid it can mistake me for a seal, that makes me more scared. Not less scared. He's not only deadly, he's an idiot. That's one. Two. I'm going to say something. You're going to get upset. It's going to be controversial. It's still 100% true. Shark Week is totally overrated. 
it's totally overrated because everything you can do has been done. I love sharks as much as you love sharks. I think they're really cool and scary and awesome. I think it's all it's all good, right? What are they doing? What are you seeing in Shark Week that you didn't see before? Now we have stupid things. Remember they did that thing where Michael Phelps raced a shark, but then, of course, he didn't race the shark. He did a, a swim for distance, and the shark did a swim. It was just the stupidest thing in the world. They have to add some stupid fluff now at all times. They did something. I don't know if it was last year or two years ago where they essentially did a documentary about some mega shark that's still out there. And it turned out they just made the whole thing up. It was just like a TV show. They didn't really tell you it was just a made-up TV show thing for Shark Week. The truth is this. Once they filmed the sharks leaping out of the water to eat those seals. You remember that, Chris? This was five, six years ago probably at least. That was the end of it for Shark Week. That's the bad news. The good news is this. I have a solution. We have sharks. We love sharks. We're fascinated by sharks. We're scared of sharks. But we can't get them to do anything else because there's nothing else to do. Okay, let's set that aside. We also have over 1,000 ISIS prisoners in the world at this time. What, Chris? You see where I'm going here? If you really want to spice up Shark Week, why don't we feed ISIS prisoners to the sharks? What? What? No, Chris, this is not the new gladiator theory. This is purely for entertainment and justice mixing themselves together. Think how sweet that would be. Are we going to get in trouble for this? We might get in trouble for this. But think how sweet that would be. You go to that area where the great white sharks are ripping the seals out of the ground. You know where they come up underneath and they grab the seals and they fly up. Instead, you tie an ISIS guy behind the boat, drag him through the water, make sure it's all on camera, and let the great whites Bite them and lead, leap out of the water and rip them up. What? You don't think it would be good? I think we can do that. Chris doesn't think we can do it. We have, look, we have international waters. And I believe the pirate movies that say you can basically do anything you want in international waters. We can, yes, we can do this. I'm telling you, we can do this. And... Look, if you want to raise the money for charity or something like that, that's fine. We give the money to those poor Yazidi women who were absolutely tormented by these ISIS guys. Don't you remember the Yazidi women? I'm not going to go into it, Chris. The ISIS people did. Let's keep in mind here. ISIS, they fed these women their own children. ISIS, we've had this conversation before. They are the most evil people to ever walk the face of the planet. They're more evil than Nazis. They are. They just weren't as capable, so you don't know it. I just saved Shark Week, and I'm getting no respect for it whatsoever. Hang on. Your holster 
is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit labradorenergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit labradorenergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, it's been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He had enlisted in the military after graduating high school. He left behind a pregnant fiance who gave birth to a son he would never meet. Thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families as well as our nation's most catastrophically injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at t2t.org. That's t the number 2t.org. Never forget 9/11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. It's time for you to join half a million people in doing what? Well, doing something cool. Get a Burna Less Lethal Pistol. That's Burna, B-Y-R-N-A. It fires powerful ammunition, tear gas, kinetic ammo, incapacitates an attacker for 30, 40 minutes. Having a less lethal option is crucial. It's legal in all 50 states. No background checks are required. They ship it right to your door. B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Jesse gets you an exclusive 10% discount. 